Hey, welcome to the show. Whoever thought cold emailing and reaching out to strangers could be so life-changing with Amanda Zimmerman. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I'm really excited for today's guest, and her name is Amanda Zimmerman, and I just reached out to her using social media. Uh, the thing that's around all of us nowadays, and she was receptive enough to come on, and we're going to be talking with her about how she is fulfilling her life's yearnings. But for starters, Amanda, uh, thanks for coming on today, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, Blake. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just to get started, uh, to give people kind of an idea of why I wanted to have you on, can you talk about you know who you are and, and what's your background? Sure thing. So I am... I Boston native. Um, I've been in and out of the DC area for the past five and a half or so years. Um, I graduated from undergrad about a year and a half ago and um, had a very, you know, typical experience after graduating, feeling pretty lost, questioning a lot of my decisions and wondering what the next, you know, piece of my life would be. I kind of just graduated and that feeling of not having something planned out and ready for you, not knowing what the next step is, um, is scary. And it definitely got to me. So I eventually took a job after school about two months after I graduated and six or so months in realized that I, it really just was not for me and it was not the direction um, that I wanted to be headed in. So I did something that most people <laughs> would not choose to do. Right. and. Um, decided to spend um, the starting in February 2015. So almost about a year ago now, I spent four months living in four different cities. So one month per city, um, exploring, volunteering, meeting up with people for coffee, doing what Blake did actually to get in touch with me and just tweeting at people and asking, um, you know, if I could buy them a cup of coffee, if I could talk to them over Skype and just putting myself in uncomfortable positions to figure out what my values were, what I wanted out of my career path and how, how exactly I was going to get there. So that's the like quick summary of, um, why, why Blake reached out to me, I believe, and a more interesting tidbit of my recent life. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how it all started. Exactly, Amanda. So that's really, you hit it right there about why I wanted to get you on and, and can you say how old you are too? Yeah, so I'm currently 23. I'm almost 24. Nice. And and going back when you talk about when you took that job right after school, can you can you kind of give us an idea of like how how were you able to make that leap and say, you know what, this isn't right and I'm just going to uh get out of here as opposed to saying, well, it's and it kind of like just coasting and keeping with it. Yeah. So it really just got to the point, um, and 
I'm not trying to like bash that job or anything like that. It was a really good experience and I certainly learned a lot, but only a few months into it, maybe like two or three months into it, um, I was starting to feel really antsy and I like I would go to work during the day and just knew something wasn't right. I had all these ideas floating around in my head of different things I wanted to be doing or, you know, causes I was interested in or projects I had in my head of things that I really cared about. And um I I at the time I was like, oh my God, I would so much be I would so much rather be doing all of these different things in my head than you know, being stuck at this desk from nine to five every day. And that felt very limiting. I felt kind of trapped. And um, I, when I decided to leave my job, I'd, you know, had conversations with my parents about it. I talked about it with friends. I like really, I didn't make the decision lightly. Um, And yeah, so I left my job. And then I want to say about a week or two weeks later, um, I went to New York just to visit friends and I ended up staying with my college roommate. Um, her name's Stacy. She's wonderful. I've talked about her many times in relation to this story. Nice. And, uh, the two of us were, you know, we were hanging out in New York for the weekend, but we were specifically sitting at brunch on the Upper East Side one morning, you know, both digging into some eggs or something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, I was talking about this book that I had just read called The Quarter Life Breakthrough. Okay. And um and I love books like that. Like uh there are a few more that I really enjoy that are kind of about like young adult life and really navigating that space because I think it's your 20s is like such a ridiculously hard time and no one prepares you for it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I could talk about that for days. But we, I was like blabbing on about this book um talking about so many different aspects that really resonated with me. And Stacy just stopped me mid-sentence and she was like, all right, this is crazy, but I know what you're going to do. Like, I know what your next step. And I was like, okay, what's my next step? <laughs> and she said, you're going to live in all of these different cities that you're interested in. Cause I'd, I'd been, I was kind of getting over DC. I'd been here a while. I was ready for something new. Okay. Um, she was like, you're going to live in all these different cities and you're going to explore all these passions that you have like rattling around your brain in your brain that you're really interested in, but you're not sure if they're right for you. Mm. And I was just like sitting there, my mouth was probably wide open. And I was just like, Oh my God, that's exactly <laughs> what I need to do. Um, so of course there was a few days where I was like, is this just a fun idea? Or is this something that I'm actually going to pursue? And we went back to her apartment right after that breakfast and I was like, all right, if we're going to get real, like, what does this look like? What are the steps I'm going to have to take to move out of D.C. to, you know, get a sublet in all these cities? What kind of things? Like, I need a little bit of structure. I didn't need it like everything to be planned out, but I definitely need to feel like I knew somewhat of what I was getting myself into. Okay. So um, we opened up like a note on Evernote and just started writing out all the steps that I would have to realistically take in order to make this happen. And then... So that was, that was probably, um, when was that? That was probably in December, November, late November, late December or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went home for the new year. I came back to DC and within a month I was out of my apartment and starting February 21st, I moved to Brooklyn for the month and, um, that's how it all got started. Wow. So I really love hearing that because not only did you talk about 
the ideas that were going through your head, but then you also got together with someone and they helped you kind of like say like, okay, how are we actually going to make this happen as opposed right. to just leaving it up there in in our head and kind of say, oh, maybe one day that will kind of work out. So uh, totally, when you made that jump, was there any sense of like fear or or doubt going through your mind even once you started yeah. you know, in February going on this journey? And what was that? process like for you and how did you deal with it? Yeah. So, um, this is actually a really interesting part of it. And I'm a very like self-reflective person. I journal a lot. I have definitely like, you know, played these situations through my head since they've happened and leading up to it in about like the month or so that I took to move out of my apartment in DC to sell all my furniture. Um, to, I was home. I think I, I lived at home for about a week or a week and a half in Boston before I moved to New York. Um, and I, there was like no fear. I was like totally running on adrenaline. I was so excited. I was researching stuff every day. I was making spreadsheets of different people that I wanted to meet up with, um, reaching out to different organizations for volunteer opportunities. Like I was going full throttle. And um, the weekend I moved to New York, my parents decided to come with me. I, you know, I had, I hadn't spent that much time with them consecutively since I went to college and lived in DC for those, um, four and a half years. So we made a little bit of a weekend out of it. They came with me for the weekend. Uh, we just drove down to New York and there was this moment, um, where, you know, it was our, our, last moments together where they dropped me off on the Upper West Side at Barnard College. I was getting ready to volunteer at a film festival that took place there and I had a training there and that was where they, the last place they were going to drop me off um, before they left the city and before I like really was on my own. And I have this very kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Graduate, but you know, the, the last scene of The Graduate where um, Dustin Hoffman is staring at the actress and they're smiling and they just got married and then like slowly um, their smiles kind of fade and you can see that they're like oh my god like did we make the right decision there's right. like this huge sense of doubt mm-hmm. and like saying goodbye to my parents and having them pull away like I felt like a kid again for a second like I was like oh my god what am I doing like I really, I'd been to New York plenty of times growing up, but I was always with my parents or with a friend that knew the city. And, um, and yeah, I was like, oh my God, I'm on my own. I don't know this place. I don't really know how to get back to, like, of course, Google Maps is a lifesaver, (laughs) but um, I don't really know how to get back to Brooklyn where I was living from the Upper West Side. It's, it's not that hard, but (laughs) eventually I figured it out. Um, Are you still lost out there? (laughs) Yeah, right. And so it was this little moment of like total fear. And the first few days where I lived in Brooklyn, I definitely had those doubts in my head. Like I have a few journal entries that I've reread where I was just like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to take advantage of these next four months? That was really my biggest fear was like, what if I do this thing, this big thing that I've like built up that I've blogged about that I've talked to a bunch of people about, and it's really not what I hope to do. That was kind of the biggest fear. Um, And, you know, eventually I got used to it and things were fine. And then the end of the month came around again. The next city I moved to is Austin, Texas, which Mm. was a city I'd never been to before. Um, And of course, that that, you know, last day in New York, all of these fears came rushing back. Like I'd finally gotten used to the city. I loved living there. I had so much fun. Um, 
And the the whole last day, my I like definitely felt a knot in my stomach again. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna start all over. Like I just got used to this city and I have to start from scratch again. And that kind of kept happening as I moved like the last day of each month. I didn't really think about it for a prolonged period of time. Okay. But the last day of each month, I definitely had that feeling of like, am I really doing this all over again, mm-hmm. starting from scratch again? And eventually, by the, t- by the time I moved to the fourth city, I didn't have that, um, okay. that sense of fear. But for the first two or three, definitely a lot of doubts, a lot of curiosity if I could manage it. Um, so yeah, fear is real. <laughs> <laughs> and what were the four cities? So you started in New York and went down to Austin, Texas. And then, and then I went, third? yeah, the third city was San Francisco. Okay. And then the fourth city was Chicago. Okay. And I, the last three cities I'd never been to in my life. I'd never been to Austin, San Francisco or Chicago before. So those were Definitely a little bit even more out of my comfort zone than New York, which was cool. Nice. So when you were in these places, and, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, but were were people asking you, uh, of course, why you were doing it? And, and you know, the big thing is how were you making money or getting by? And, mm-hmm. and, what, and how would you address that question when it would come up? Yeah. So, um, I definitely dipped into a lot of my savings by Mm -hmm. doing this. Um, I was also working a part-time job that was remote. So it was really easy for me to just like hop into a coffee shop for however many hours a week and get that work done. Um, so I was really lucky to have that, that situation. Um, and I'd had that part-time job while I was working my full-time job too. Um, the one that I, that I ended up leaving. So I kept that job while I was traveling as well. Um, but yeah, bringing up, so it was interesting because I, I didn't go, you know, like shouting from the rooftops everywhere I went, I went talking about what I was doing. Okay. Um, it came up a lot when I would put myself in like group situations where, um, you know, everyone would go around the circle and introduce each other. Like there were a few workshops I did there's a workshop I did in um, San Francisco where that would happen. Um, I volunteered at South by Southwest, so I believe I actually I don't even know if I talked about it to the to my fellow volunteers, but there was okay. um, yeah, it was like it I didn't it didn't come up in every conversation, but um, people once they found out were definitely curious about it, but it didn't end up being like the whole portion of our conversation. I very much made a conscious effort to of course like share what I was doing and to talk about it but also one of my big goals in doing this was to learn about other people and hear about their stories so Mm. I I definitely did a lot of question asking as opposed to solely talking about what I was doing yeah that's my favorite thing to do too (laughs) so (laughs) you made a a bit of a career out of it (laughs) and so when you were you know, going on this journey and, and something that, that struck me as interesting earlier on um, when you were talking was that this this uh, being able to go to each place, I guess, kind of with some some sort of plan in mind on how yeah. you wanted to volunteer for different organizations and, and, and kind of like do different um, tasks throughout each city. What mm-hmm. What was a... You know, I guess if you could summarize um, for each place, not, oh, I guess 
in total, what was the bulk of your time in each place like? Were you kind of just hanging out, uh, talking with people or, or kind of, you know, working more than yeah. that and kind of like just being like a regular person living in the city? Yeah, so it was definitely a mixture. Um, there, So, for example, when I lived in Austin, I had planned ahead of time to volunteer at South by Southwest, which is um, a two-and-a-half-week festival that includes music, film, um, you know, like any this portion called interactive, like speakers, comedians, any anything, really. Um, so for that two-and-a-half weeks, I volunteered for 40 hours. And in the my spare time, I would just go to events. Um, if you volunteer, this is a big tip for anyone who has the time to do it. Um, but if you volunteer for a certain amount of time at South by Southwest, they give you a full, uh, sorry, a free ticket um, to go see events. And that those tickets are pretty expensive. So it was totally worth it. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of consistency in Austin. I had a bunch of friends in New York, but in, um, you know, San Francisco, for example, that was actually, I think, when I really started to feel it. I was New York, I was going like full throttle. It was like one day I'd have a coffee meetup. Mm-hmm. One night I would be going to some um, you know, free events that I found online. Or okay. um I actually got free tickets to social media week in New York while I was there. Randomly, I like won a free ticket. So I nice. spent a week doing that. Um and then Austin was pretty busy. But by the time I got to San Francisco, um, there were days where I was like super lonely. Like it's certainly not all glamorous and like wonderlusty. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, you know, like I'd be building my schedule from scratch almost every day. And I'd mm. volunteer, you know, here and there. There was a really cool um organization in Austin that I volunteered for called Art from the Streets. Um, where primarily homeless individuals would come to this church twice a week and get free art supplies. And, um, you know, we just like hang out with them and help them clean up and stuff afterwards. It wasn't anything too demanding, but it was, uh, just like a cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, there were, there were days where I would, where I was really antsy or, felt like I needed to be doing something and I wasn't. There'd be days where I'd just walk around the city. There'd be days where I spent, you know, how many hours in a coffee shop. That's kind of something that um, my friends know me for at this Mm -hmm. point. I just love spending a couple hours in a coffee shop on the weekends or something like that. Um, But yeah, but I, I think I didn't appreciate, you know, I mean, those of us that work during the week and have the weekends off, having those free days or like those two free days a week, you know, you don't get too stressed out about what you're going to fill your days with. But when every day feels like a weekend in Mm -hmm. a way where like every, I'm sure entrepreneurs have this kind of in mind, um, all the time. Um, but when, when your whole schedule for the, for the next four months is like your blank canvas to fill, um, it actually gets a little bit stressful and a okay. little, um, you know, you have to, you have to fill it up with good stuff. So, so did you, um, I'm sorry, did you feel like when you were going through that process then that, that you were growing or, or did you kind of like plateau at some point during, yeah. during the experience? 
Yeah. Um, the only reason I can remember any of this is because I journaled about it. So <laughs> glad that I did that. Oh, yeah. um, one of my really big goals was just to stay open to people. I mean, I think that's just a goal that I like to have in my everyday life that I think a lot of us, you know, feel the best about ourselves when we're open to other people. And, you know, when you can talk with your barista, like mm-hmm. without really thinking about it or like, walk down the street and say hi to someone just when you're in that mindset of feeling open to other people, it's just a great mindset to be in. Um, and I think there were times that I remember kind of like regressing a little bit. That was, that was like a really big goal of mine, but there are, you know, like a week or two at a time where I felt really judgmental of other people and you get really in your head when, Mm -hmm. um, you're surrounded by strangers all the time. I mean, I met up with, family and friends in different cities for like a day at a time or an afternoon at a time or for drinks or something. But for the most part, it was, like I was with myself for four months straight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had roommates and stuff too, but everyone has their own schedule and um, you can't, it's, it's really difficult to make a community in a new city within a month. Um, that's something I learned along the way too. So so yeah, there were definitely times where I like didn't feel so great about my mentality or where I felt like I could be being more positive or more open. Um, and then, you know, like you feel shitty for a week or so and then you meet up with someone for coffee and it totally changes your next two weeks so exactly. that you feel a lot more positive. So it was definitely full of like roller coasters and plateaus in that sense, for okay. sure. I definitely get that. And when and so I kind of want to switch it up a little bit too and start, you know, talking about some of your, your favorite topics. But sure. um, one question that I did have uh, pertaining to doing the four cities in four months is that when when it was all said and done, you know, what valuable thing did you take away from it? Were you able to find, you know, some some calling that you wanted to do yeah. as a job to go back home? Or, or yeah. what did that look like for you now? Yeah, so I feel like I got so much out of it. (laughs) Um, I'll try and name a few things. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so within the first two weeks of traveling, I went to an info info session for this organization that I totally adore um, in New York. And so yeah, two weeks in and uh, essentially decided that or realized I knew what I wanted to do with my life. It didn't need to be something that happened right away, but it's something that I'm working towards mm-hmm. um, now, which is uh, my like total calling is to work with teens on personal and leadership development, which is oh, a pretty wow. niche thing. Right. Um, it's, it's something that I've had experience with in the past um, over, you know, like summer jobs where I've done leadership development with teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and this organization was focused on that. And I kind of, it was like this big light bulb moment of, Amanda, there are jobs out there that align with this passion that you have. And you just, you know, like I didn't know that until I went out looking for it um, or not even looking for it in a way until I went out, you know, looking for things that align with my interests. So I certainly got that out of it. And the, my current job doesn't completely align with um, with that. However, I, I do see it as kind of a stepping stone to get to where I want to be. So um that obviously was very uh, comforting to mm-hmm. realize that 
something that I know that I love that like makes me feel alive is out there. It's a career path. It's available. Um, because before then I didn't, I didn't know that it was out there. Right. Um, other things, I guess like two other really big things that I'll continue to take with me, um, for the rest of my life include, um, being able to move. Like I am so unafraid of moving now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if you told me that I had to like pick up and move somewhere random tomorrow, I'd probably be like, Oh, I do. Okay. (laughs) Like I'll get packing. Um, so that idea of like knowing that I've already put myself in uncomfortable situations. I've lived with strangers. I've lived in strange cities and I've been able to, you know, be okay in those situations Mm -hmm. and to appreciate them, um, is really comforting and really liberating, I think. Um, and then lastly, uh, through this journey, I met someone who, um, she's like way more than a mentor. She's just like an inspiration and awesome lady. Um, I've certainly, I'm, I'm a big sister. So I, and I was a camp counselor for many, many years. So I, I've, always been of the mentality of like taking care of other people, Mm -hmm. um, being responsible for other people. And I never really felt like I had the, the opposite of that, where I had, you know, someone older and wiser than me to lean on and to vent to, and to, um, you know, ask for advice. But, um, the first person, like the first, you know, quote unquote coffee date that I had, it wasn't a coffee date. It was actually a phone call because she was living in Chicago. Um, but the first phone call that I had throughout this these four months was with um, my now mentor, for lack of a better word. Um, and she was the first stranger that I met that was oh, like awesome. unwaveringly, <laughs> ooh, that was a hard word to say, unwaveringly <laughs> supportive of what I was doing and like right off the bat like told me how cool it was and how like I should be so proud of myself and all this stuff. And I didn't even know her. And so to have a stranger kind of be so blindly supportive of me and encouraging of me was like an experience I'd never had before. Um, and the two of us ended up meeting up when I was in Chicago a couple times and we still talk now. So um, kind of finding that possibility of someone older and wiser that's, you know, there to support me just as a person, whether it be in like career stuff or life stuff is obviously like totally invaluable and very rare, I think. Yeah, that is so cool. And just listening to you and your like your your story to me is is just so interesting that that I could probably listen to you probably for the rest of the day, but I won't take <laughs> up all of your time. But um, I can talk about it. <laughs> <but there. laughs> and some of the questions that I wanted to ask too, you know, pertaining to some some of your favorite topics, and you kind of address some of them. But like, um, why do you feel that you know college doesn't prepare students, you know, for the real world? Yeah. So, um, I just think that one of the biggest things that I've learned in the year and a half that I've been out of college is mm-hmm. the importance of which I I feel like is you know stressed over and over again on every like career article that you read, but the importance of networking and not networking in the sense of like, here's my business card. This is my elevator pitch. Um, but the importance of networking in a way that actually just getting to know people and like 
listening to how they got to where they are and connecting them with people that they might be interested in talking to. That whole like community that you can create through networking was never really stressed, I think, in college. And and it's hands down how I've gotten most of my jobs um, and how I meet the coolest people, to be honest. Um, Just yesterday, I was speaking to this really great chick who um, just started her own like female friendship blog and a mutual friend introduced the two of us. Um, and we're kind of working on, uh, collaborating on a post that I'm going to write for her blog and, you know, talking to a stranger who lives however many miles away. Um, but we could talk for half an hour about like what TV shows we're interested (laughs) in, feminism stuff, you know, whatever. Um, is so cool. And I, I certainly don't feel like I do enough of it. Um, but I wish that I'd started younger and that I had started in college meeting a lot of different people or meeting people in my city while I was in college. Um, so a bunch of my younger, because I now I'm back in DC after all of this craziness, Mm -hmm. um, for, I moved back here for a job. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm still friends with a bunch of people that I went to school with who are younger than me, and I definitely make an effort to push those people to um, make moves in ways that I did not do when I was in college, um, and really explore different possibilities because they're infinite. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like a cliche cliche thing to say, but really, like we, I think we all at times. Um, if not most of the time, really close ourselves off to the possibilities that are out there when, you know, we live in the internet age, we live in the social media age, you can tweet at a random person and say, Hey, I'd love to buy you a coffee. Let me know when and where. And if they say no, this is like my favorite thing to say. Everyone's, you know, nervous about, Oh, like, what if they say no? Like, that'd be so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. That's really the worst thing they can say. And if their answer is no, then you probably didn't want to meet them for coffee in the first place. The kind of people that you want to talk to meet up with are the ones that would be excited about something like that. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely, I could preach about that for a while. <laughs> I hope that answers. That no, it definitely does. It, the question. <laughs> and, I, and I agree too. I think, I think that was what was so cool about this experience and, and what you were going through. And you mentioned, you know, now, now that you're back working, um, what, what is it now that's, you know, getting you up in the morning? What, yeah. what are you looking forward to doing? Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, I'm, I try and keep pieces of this experience with me, I think Mm -hmm. is like a really big part of it. So, you know, talking to you on the weekend, talking to this chick yesterday about something um, that I'm going to write for her, um, just really keeping aspects of four months, four cities in my everyday, which does not always happen. Sometimes it's very sporadic, um, is really important to me. And it kind of just reminds me that like, you know, we make, we make these decisions on our own. You have to commit. It doesn't just happen. You have to commit to it. You have to make the effort, um, to be open and to do, you know, meet people that you don't know and to, um, you know, put yourself out there. And I, I did say one of my new year's resolutions, which like, hopefully it works out. I kind of have to wait a little bit longer in my job to ask for any time off. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would like to do like one solo trip a year, even if it's just for a long weekend, like a three day weekend, just go to a different city, 
do, do that weekend on my own and kind of, um, take aspects of four months, four cities with me as I do that to kind of remind myself of that mindset that I was in for those four months. Yeah, that's really cool because what, cause what, what you were doing was, well, I guess what other people go out of the country for to do, but you were doing yeah. it in, in, in the United States. So I think that was just for that fact was a really cool aspect because, I mean, yeah. I've, I've gone to you know different states, but never for an extended period of time like that. Yeah. So, so, so cool that you were able to do that. Yeah. And I'd also like to emphasize, too, that like what I did can be replicated. Mm-hmm you know, in so many different ways, like you do not have to leave your current city to do what I did. You do not, I mean, in a way you do, but to, you know, meet different people and put yourself in different experiences to volunteer, to get involved with something you've never gotten involved with before. If you live in a city, like you're right there, you have those opportunities already. You just have to do a little bit of research, do a little bit of reaching out and, um, you can have those experiences in your very own city. So, it's not something that you have to, you know, take that much time off of work or school or whatever. You can do it right where you are, which you I know, think is really important. I like that you said that too, because it's like taking that that four cities in four months mentality, or or I guess like that mentality that we have when when we go on vacation, where everything is so new, and we yeah, and we actively seek out new adventures and. And, and want to go experience new things. I guess we get into the habit of our routines. So if you could, right. if you could put that with a nice bow on top of a what, <laughs> what for a person for anyone that's in their current city, and you talked about reaching out to people and 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 uh, you know making deeper connections. But yeah. what would be some steps you would say that we could take, you know, in our own backyard? Totally. So I think one of the easiest things to do and you've clearly already tapped into it is just go on Twitter, go on Instagram, look up someone who lives in your city who you know um, is really well connected or is in a field that you're interested in, whether it's like a local artist or a local, um, you know, someone who runs a cool like neighborhood grocery store um, and see who they're following, tap into their network via their social media channels. Um, which sounds a little creepy. It's like, Ooh, I'm trying to figure (laughs) out, you know, like if I use you as an example, if I Mm -hmm. go onto Blake's Twitter account and see who he's following, um, you know, those are people that he's interested in that he's that, sorry, I'm talking about you as if you're not (laughs) on the other side of the line that you're taking interested in, in, and that you're, you know, following for whatever reason. So if I, if I, you know, trusted your taste in people or your interests or your values or whatever, um, and sending that person a tweet that was like, uh, hey, I really love, you know, this blog post you wrote and I'd love to grab coffee with you. Like, are you free next weekend? Um, or, hey, like, I am a budding entrepreneur and I love how you recently started your own, um, you know, Etsy account, whatever it is. Local people, you know, like if you live in a city, there's your neighbors, your um, people down the street, your local barista, whatever. Everyone's doing something. Maybe not everyone, but there are people doing interesting and amazing things all around you. And to Mm -hmm. not tap into those things just by doing a simple, you know, social media scan or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you're you're wasting an opportunity. It's right there. Um, 
So yeah, that's like a very, very simple thing that I definitely did many, many times while I was traveling and was able to meet some really interesting people through tapping into other people's social media networks. I love it. And I love hearing that. Now for you, uh, it comes across that, you know, this was maybe something that was, you know, right up your alley to do to reach out to people. Was, yeah. was that first, was that a challenge for you? Or was it kind of like, you know, you just really were genuinely interested in meeting these other folks and it didn't yeah. even come across to you that you were trying to get someone else's time or attention. Right. So I was, every person I reached out to, I had done some back research. I was generally interested in their career path or yeah. something they did. Um, but it wasn't easy at first. It takes practice. Okay. And I never, I use this as an example. Um, I never used to go, I go to a lot of free events at like, I don't know if you've heard of, it's basically this space where they teach a lot of like adult courses and like coding and product management and a bunch of different stuff. But they also have a lot of free events, speakers, book tours. Okay. Um, I've gone to a bunch of stuff at their different locations. They're in a lot of different cities too. Um, where was I going? Oh, okay. So yeah. So I used to go to these events, um, like speaker series, whatever. And I'd listen and I'd take notes. Um, but I'd never raise my hand. I'd never go up to the speaker afterwards. And when I was on this four month journey experience, whatever you want to call it, it was kind of like lit a fire under my butt and made me realize like, if I'm going to talk to this person, it is now, there's no other time Mm. when it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, the first the first few times when I'd go up to someone after a speaking event, I was nervous and I literally had to force myself to do it. I had to be like, Amanda, like, you know, like, just go, like, stop. Okay. Stop being afraid. Stop, you know, giving in. These are just people, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, I'd wait for the right social situation. Right. I hate feeling like I'm fighting for someone's time. I think a lot of us feel awkward about that. Um, so I'd usually be like the last person in line to go up to a speaker because mm-hmm. I knew that there would be no one behind me like waiting to talk to them because that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, so I would, you know, place myself in that type of social situation where I knew I wouldn't feel as uncomfortable talking to a speaker or something. Um, but it does take practice. Even if you're outgoing, I'm pretty outgoing, but I still felt uncomfortable doing that a year ago. And even sometimes now I have to remind myself that that's just something we should do. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's in, it's right there in front of us. Um So yeah, even if you feel like you're an introvert or it's not something that you would normally do, just try forcing yourself go up to the person with a question in mind so you don't feel awkward. Um, and if you're thoughtful enough, they'll appreciate it, you know? Hey, so me and Amanda got disconnected there for a moment, but we are back and we're just talking about uh, books right now that you know that have been a big influence on Amanda or books that she's waiting to read. And we were just talking about 52 Cups. Yeah, so 52 Cups, I have not read it yet, but I really need to. It is sitting on my shelf. Um, It is by a lady who did something kind of similar to me, except for she got a cup of coffee, um, one cup of coffee for each week um, for a full year with different people. So um, the name is kind of self-explanatory, but um, I was connected through her. Her name is uh, Megan Gebhardt. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually ended up talking while I was traveling around. So that was pretty cool. And I'm really excited to read her book. Um, 
And again, it's like a really simple concept, right? Just get a cup of coffee once a week with somebody new for a full year. It's not so intimidating. It's something, again, like anyone who's listening, you guys could easily do that in mm-hmm. your wherever you are. Um, and then the other book that is on my to-read list is called The Crossroads of Should and Must by L. Luna. Um, I've not read it yet, but I've heard good things from a few of my friends that have read it. And if you don't want to buy her book or you don't want to read it, she also has a few talks up online um, that dig into the subject she talks about in her book, which I've seen and I've loved, which is why I can't wait to read it. And if you don't have the patience to read the book, then <laughs> definitely check out her videos. Nice. Uh, what was her name again? Her name is L. Luna. L. Luna. Yeah. E-L-L-E-L-U-N-A. Nice. That's awesome. And so those are a couple of things that you have to read. And what was the um, uh, the quarter life by again? Who was that? Why that, one that by? is by um, Smiley. Okay. Uh, he is. <laughs> uh, that's not his birth name. But he <laughs> does go by Smiley, and that was pretty cool because um, I've read that book I think twice since I bought it. Um, but because it like inspired my journey, I really wanted to meet him. Yeah. While I was in San Francisco, because that's where he lives. And I did end up meeting him, actually, because oh, cool. um, a friend of mine who writes for USA Today College wrote an article about what I was doing last year. And he ended up seeing it or someone tweeted at him or something because I mentioned him in the article. Um so again, I reached out to him on Twitter, just like Blake did to me, just like all of you guys can do to whoever you want to grab coffee with or whatever. Um, and we did end up meeting up while I was in San Francisco, which was just a really cool experience to, you know, meet up with the person who indirectly, directly through his book, you know, inspired four months of my life. I think that's, really cool. that's so awesome that, that, you were, that you're able to do that, especially meet someone that wrote a book because I think we have in our heads that... I guess those people are unreachable in a sense. Yeah. And and it just starts by, you know, doing what you did and and taking that, I guess, that 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 self-initiative to go out there and be like, huh, I'm gonna, you know, reach out and and the worst thing that they can say is no. And then like you said exactly. earlier, if they don't if they're not receptive to connecting, then like you said, that's not the person you want to connect with. Yeah, don't get down on yourself. Mm-hmm. They reject you because those people aren't nice people, you know. Right, and so I wanted to ask you too. Um, I know you say you're you're working right now. How does how does that play into to your leadership? Because I know you said it was leading to um, getting you to leadership development. Is this yeah. something that you were doing based off of your major from college, or just something that you kind of fell in love with post college? Um, you mean what I want to do with my life, or what I'm currently doing? Oh, what you're currently doing? Oh, okay, yeah. So. Um, I found the organization I currently work for through um, the organization that I hope to work for at one point. (laughs) Um, The founder of the organization I hope to work for used to work at my current organization. And it's, I mean, it's a great organization. They do wonderful things. So um, that's kind of how I, how I got to where I am now. Um, I, I'm not kind of making a calculated decision like I'm going to work here because he worked here and mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to do it. It's more just like it aligns with my values. I really believe in the mission of the organization and the people that are working for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my path isn't direct like most people's. Right. Like, we can't really 
plan every step of the way and expect it to work out exactly how we imagine it. I think very few people's lives have turned out that way. Um, but you can make decisions that align with your values. And that's something that's a lot more, you know, tangible and less stressful. And, you know, you don't have to beat your beat yourself up over it. It's just like, if you make decisions that align with who you are and what you want to do eventually or currently or, you know, the kind of people you want to surround yourself with, you're making the right decision. Uh, I think that was incredible how you how you phrased that up. And, and just to start, you know, wrapping it up, and I've had a great time on, on here talking with you. I think you're probably one of the coolest you know, persons I've had on the show, especially <laughs> with, with your patience with, with what happened with the, the connection getting lost and everything. So so that so that's You're awesome that you were doing in that. Today, like, <laughs> I, I would have hung out anyway, but I am actually snowed in, so <laughs> I can't leave. <laughs> uh, so I guess that kind of worked out in my favor. But yeah, just just thinking about what you were saying and and you did a call to action really earlier on where you talked about how in our own cities, we can start reaching out to to people uh, to connect and just yeah. learn about what other folks are doing, or even to you know find a pathway for maybe a particular job yeah. that we might be interested in. And then you also gave you know books that we could check out as well. Um, for you, yeah. What, um, what would be you know like your definition of you know fulfilling life's yearnings? You've you've been on this. On, on a whirlwind experience, you know, a year, you know, a year almost to the date, and then just being able to be so reflective on on what took place for you, what what would be your definition of that? Yeah, I think that the biggest piece of it, and it's something that I did not realize at the time, but every time I spoke to someone, especially people that were at least 10 years older than me, um, while I was traveling around, one of their you know, most common reactions was, wow, like, that's so brave of you. Or like, Mm. you just, you just went with it, or you just took that step, and you went with your gut. Um, And, you know, at the time when I was going through it, I I didn't feel so impressed with myself, I guess, for doing that. Okay. Um, I it didn't seem I mean, it, it was a big deal for sure. But it didn't seem like a huge accomplishment in my mind at the time to just go with what some an idea that I had to pursue that idea. Um, but looking back on it, you know, if I hadn't taken myself seriously that one afternoon when I was talking about four months, four cities with Stacy, or I hadn't really um, taken action, you know, in the weeks following to move out of my apartment, to go back home, to find a Craigslist sublet, which Believe me, in New York took a very, very long time to find. Um, But yeah, if I hadn't really listened to myself or taken myself seriously or taken my ideas seriously, I wouldn't have had this experience. And I think Mm. that that's something, you know, that I need to keep reminding myself that all of us should remind ourselves on a regular basis, like take yourself seriously, take your ideas seriously. um, And that's how you fulfill I mean yearnings at the the very beginning are a feeling or an idea right like right. that's that's kind of the gist of what it means the general gist and in order to make those ideas or feelings or emotions a reality you you just have to trust yourself and um and take action and take yourself seriously uh so I think that that 
for me, I mean, I'm thinking of all this on the spot, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think for me, that's what it's all about. Just take yourself seriously, take your dreams seriously, take your, you know, thoughts seriously. Um, and journal a lot because journaling will help you figure out what those things are. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that too. And I guess a follow-up question to that is, is what, because I guess, you know, starting journaling can seem like, like a, almost an intimidating task. What, yeah. what, what works best for you or, or, or best practices that you've been able to uh, come up with that allows you to, you know, I guess, journal frequently? Yeah. Um, so to be honest, most of the times I'm journaling are when I am feeling down or upset with myself mm-hmm. or feel confused about my current situation, whether it be like relationships with friends, relationships with family. It's really, you know, my um, my low cost therapist in that way, because I kind of just get it all out and figure out what's going on in my mind and why I need to, you know, change my mindset or whatever. Okay. Um, but there are plenty of like prompts online if you ever are kind of just like, what would I write about? What questions would I ask myself? How do I, you know, figure out what's going on inside my brain? Um, I would honestly, I just, I mean, this sounds like a simple solution, but I would just Google it and look yeah. for prompts on like, you know, uh, first time journaler, like mm-hmm. just starting out journaling. Um, I do think it's a really important practice. And you hear, you hear a lot of like uh, successful or, soon to be successful entrepreneurs talk about how important journaling is in their life and you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it every week, but taking the time when you feel like you're at a crossroads or you feel like you're, you know, yearning something or you're um, trying to make a change to write down and just kind of talk to yourself on a piece of paper, um, I think is so, so valuable because, because you, you come up with things that you would never come up with just speaking out loud to a close friend or, um, you know, in your everyday personal thoughts, mm. to getting it on a piece of paper and be able, being able to refer back to that piece of paper, um, I think is so important. And I have a terrible, terrible memory. Like <laughs> I just, I really do. There are certain things I'm really good at remembering certain facts or, you know, pieces from books, but if you ask me what happened in, um, you know, any episode of Breaking Bad or something, which I, I binge watched like two years ago, I oh, could wow. not tell you. I just don't remember. So having a place where you can refer back to to say, oh, this is what I was thinking then or that was my reasoning for doing this or this is how this is why I reacted this way to this person is so valuable, I think, for for any person. doesn't matter if you're a good writer if you're, if you think you're a bad writer, I don't think anyone's a horrible writer, but, um, if you think you're a horrible writer, it doesn't matter. You're just writing to yourself. So there's no one that's, you know, gonna tell you, you did a bad job besides Mm -hmm. you. Right. I love how you put that too. And do you put those on your, on your personal blog or are these these things that you share with, with yourself, um, when you're in those moments and you're just trying to reflect? Yeah, on occasion, honestly, sometimes most of it's just for me, but mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm journaling, it inspires a blog post because it's a space where I can, you know, writing it down and really thinking it through gets my mind flowing and right. it turns into something that I want to share with other people. Um, I have shared, there is one journal entry I wrote um, that I did share on my blog, pretty much word for word of what I wrote in my journal. Oh, um when I was living in Austin that I think just described like my mindset before I did four months, four cities and how I was feeling, um, 
I wasn't feeling like I was like living up to my full potential and all of that. So it's kind of, I mean, maybe that sounds a little self-deprecating, but being able to go back and understand that mindset and then see that I did something to alleviate my not so wonderful thoughts um, felt really cool. And so I just decided to share it on my blog and give some commentary about that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like a huge, um, I'm a huge advocate of oversharing. Um, Mm -hmm. not, not everyone is that way and I don't, (laughs) I'm not encouraging anyone to be that way, but being an overshare with yourself, there's no harm to that. (laughs) Definitely. And, and where can we find, you know, your personal blog so we can like see, see your thoughts and what you're up to? Sure. So my blog is called dresseswithpockets.net um, and it's at dresseswithpockets.net. Um, it sounds like a fashion blog. It is not. <laughs> I just really love dresses with pockets. Okay. Um, and I explain a little bit behind the reasoning in uh, the about me section of my blog if you're interested in that. Um, but there is a tab at the top of my blog. There's like general blog posts and then there's a tab called four months, four cities that has all of the posts that I wrote about or during um, those four months. So if you want to read more about what I did, feel free to check that out um, and leave comments or tweet at me or whatever. I will get back to anyone. That's so awesome. And that was Amanda Zimmerman. Again, Amanda, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come on here and hang out with us and, and talk about how you are fulfilling life's yearnings, your experience with uh, four cities in four months and just shedding insight into you know what's going on in your world and, and how you were able to process what you were doing and and what you're looking forward to doing in the future Blake this has been so enjoyable I could not even tell you so thank you so much for <laughs> having me on your show and I look forward to keeping in touch in the future absolutely talk to you soon bye thanks for listening to fulfilling life's yearnings I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.